What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Gas and Go podcast, everyone's favorite podcast with five average Joes talking racing. Once again, the Gas and Go podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise since 1999 and home to automatic discounts on officially licensed NASCAR merchandise and free upgrades to expedited shipping. Check them out. Woo boy, I thought this was going to be a very different show while watching on Sunday with about 16 laps left in the O'Reilly 253, but then a very questionable caution came out and caused complete chaos. A lot more on that coming right up in stage one. However, I knew this was going to be an exciting show no matter what, because we're back to bringing you conversations with awesome guests, and this week is no different. We've got Josh the Scorpion Williams, driver of the number 92 Chevy Camaro in the Xfinity series. He's a fan favorite. He's definitely now a gas and go favorite, a fun dude, an OKG, our kind of guy. Cannot wait for you guys to listen to that one. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit later on in the episode after stage two. Uh, so fast forward now if you want to get there early or listen to us ramble about racing. Uh, but anyway, let's get the show moving so we can get into all this great action. We got to bring in the meat and potatoes of the show first, the Gas and Go pit, pit crew. First up, the man keeping us fueled, Papa Bear Dave. Dave, I know you love the pre-race show on Sunday with Clinton Gordon racing normal cars through Daytona, like Days of Thunder style. It was awesome. So my question to you... It was epic. Yeah, it was epic. So my question to you is, who on the Gas and Go crew... Would you want to race a Taurus versus Malibu against? Whew. I mean, am I looking to win? Am I looking for good competition? This is uh Are you looking to win? This is gas and go podcast, man. <laughs> we don't we don't I mean, go for I'm a just you know, not trying to identify an easy mark here. Uh I gotta think I'm going for the crew chief. I mean, I, I've seen how you wheel it. I, I've been impressed. But, you know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna go with the king, best not miss. I'm I'm coming for you and try not to miss. Wow. Shots fired. All right. At GNG Dave on Twitter. And hopefully I'm the meat of the crew. You can go ahead and bring in the potatoes. Oh man. I'm, I'm going to set up this Malibu versus Taurus. Obviously I'm in the Malibu and I'm smoking you. Uh, next up is our analytics guru, Ryan Rhino. Speaking of Clint Boyer, what do you think of old Clint up in the booth so far? You're a pretty good evaluator of talent in the booth. I sure am. Uh, that's a great call by you. And I think Clint Boyer has been excellent. I'm getting Tony Romo vibes. Now, is Clint going to get a $17 million per year paycheck in two years? Probably not, but Clint can dream. <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed it. Uh, Romo is an interesting parallel, but yeah, it, it's been fun with old Clint up there. And he's bringing out the best out of Gordon, too. So not only is he upgrading the booth in his own right, but he's also bringing Gordon up to a whole nother level. So yeah. You can tell Gordon is on his toes up there. It's fun. Um, all right. We've got to bring in the five greatest Jackman of all time. Dylon, 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 and Dylon Dill. I was watching Sunday wondering if I myself would like to attend a road race in person. So I'm going to ask you, would you want to go to a road course race in person? Yeah, of course. I think any race would be fun. You know, I think I'll be in, uh, in Texas this year. Hopefully, you know, permitted all attendance restrictions and all that, but hell yeah. All right. Dale's going to be the, on, on the road course. So he's definitely interested in attending it. Uh, apparently I've been banned from that 
uh, trip. I checked with my uh, my people. It was cold this past week, but you are still not allowed in Texas. So just a little update there. <laughs> right. You got some time to make up, though. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. That. Yeah. Just be better. All right. Well, last but not least, our eyes in the sky, spotter cons. Connor, I feel like NASCAR has been in Daytona for months now. Should we do Daytona twice in a row every year or go back to the way it was? I like it twice in a row. I'd even go three times in a row. Love Daytona. Love the festivities. Uh, I love it all. So, yeah, we're good. Daytona all day, every day, all year. All right. Uh, Papa Bear, what you got for me this week? You know what? A very nice segue you guys set up for me. And I agree with cons. I mean, especially in February when like it's cold over a lot of the country and Daytona just looks beautiful. Rub it in a little bit. We're not there. It looks incredible. The drivers are having a great time. But my question for you, crew chief, after two straight races in Daytona, one of which is the road course, which was, as you said, a better race than we expected. Would you rather see super speedway road course or just run it back again, hit the rewind button, go super speedway, super speedway to open this, open the year. That's a, that's a fun tickler right there. Let's go super speedway, super speedway. Come on, let's go. (laughs) Yes, sir. I want to go fast. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the road course is fun. Well, sometimes it can be fun, but yeah, super speedway, super speedway. That'd be awesome. Let's just do it. (laughs) I'm talking about. All right. Let's get this show on the road. DW dropped the flag. All right, stage one, everybody, we're going to start off with two truths and a lie. I'm going to give the boys three facts. Two are going to be true. One is not. They're going to have to sniff out the lie. Here we go, boys. Fact number one, Denny Hamlin leaves Daytona first in points with wins in three out of a possible four stages in the first two races. Fact number two. Although it seemed like a million cautions came out during the last 10 laps, there were actually more cautions called before the weather caused caution with 15 laps left. Fact number three, Christopher Bell wins his first race showing glimpses of dominance by leading the second most laps and running down Joey Logano for the win. I don't, I don't know who led the second most laps. I'm going with not him. He seemed to lead very few laps, just the correct ones. I think you're right on it right there, Dave. I'm pretty sure the first one is true. Denny Hamlin has won three of the four stages, and he's first in points. Um, I'm leaning three as well right now. Let's not everybody follow me. We know how that goes. Yeah, (laughs) last week we did that, and we all lost. Can you repeat number two again? Number two is, although it seemed like a million cautions came out during the last 10 laps, there were actually more cautions called before the weather caused caution with 15 laps left. Mm, this is I'm leaning towards that one. Those stage breaks cause a lot of cautions. I think we had a couple more. We had uh, the McDonald's car on the wall. We had a couple things going on. So I'm going number two. And also stages of dominance. I mean, is that a lie? Does that count? <laughs> is that just your opinion? I don't know where the truth and the lies start and begin with you. Glimpses of dominance, not thank not you. Maybe, but yeah, maybe the lie is that it was a weather caused caution. Kyle Bush didn't see any rain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, Connor, give it. We got to wrap this up. I'm going number three. I think Logano uh had the second most laps led. All right, recap here. Denny Hamlin leaves Daytona first in points with three with wins in three out of a possible four stages in the first two races. That is a fact. 
Although it seemed like a million cautions came out during the last 10 laps, there were actually more cautions called before the weather caused caution with 15 laps left. That is also a fact. There were three race cause cautions, two stage cautions for a total of five before that 15 lap weather delay and only two after that weather delay. So it seemed like a lot, lot more after that uh, 15 laps to go, but there actually were not that many. And fact number three, which is obviously the lie, Christopher Bell wins his first race showing glimpses of dominance by not leading the second most laps. He led the third most laps. Joey Logano actually led the second most laps with 10. Seabell uh, led five. But I would say he did show glimpses of dominance, Ryan. So that is not the lie of that fact. <laughs> uh, it always the- seemed like the, the cautions were towards the end because the truck race and the Xfinity race had about 50 in the last you know, two laps of each of those races. Yeah, and it was just a lot of action there at the end, you know, bottled up. So, all right. Well, I never doubted you, Dave. Never doubted you. <laughs> well, Appreciate let's, that. Let's get into the uh, race winner here, boys. That's what we like to talk about in stage one. Uh, obviously, Christopher Bell wins his first career win. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to start this episode off with a siren for Chase, uh, but we'll have to wait. So, congrats on Connor and getting another notch in the bold predictions belt. Um, but I, I got some thoughts on this, but I'll open it up to the crew. Dave, what's this mean for Chris Bell? It means probably more to Chris Bell than it does to cons and you who both move closer. Um, and I guess Ryan, too, and your bold predictions. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Um, I mean, it means a lot to the kid, right? It's, uh, to me, this is just potentially opening up the floodgates for Bell. Uh, it, whereas McDowell last week, it was, uh, am I going to win a race? He never doubted himself. With Bell, it was it was win, not if, but to do it so soon, I think it just puts the rest of Gibbs' team, it puts the rest of the field on notice. This guy is here to win races and to compete. Yeah, I think it means a lot to him right now, but I think as we progress in the season and as he progresses in his career, we're going to see a lot more wins from Christopher Bell. And, and I think he's going to win the big one in Daytona 500 at some point. I think he's going to win a championship at some point. So yes, right now this is really important, but maybe down the road, it's not the the only thing to him. And Seabell's going to take this to the mile and a half too. Like he, it's not just going to be like Dave was saying with Michael McDowell winning a super speedway race. Like he's probably going to win five or, you know, so stages this year, he's going to come up with a bunch of playoff points. So he's going to be right in there with those Gibbs drivers with Truex and uh, Kyle Busch this year. He's, he might not finish as well as Hamlin, but Number two for JGR is a pretty good spot for Christopher Bell. Yeah, all all good points. Agree with you guys on all that. I mean, I when I look at this, it's it's a statement win. It is. There was a lot of talk at the end of last year whether they should move on from Eric Jones and put Christopher Bell in this car, and he comes out and wins in his second start in the car. And I like Eric Jones. I think he's a really good driver. But this kid is Chris Bell is is a phenom. I mean, he is good. I think this is a statement win. It validates that move for Gibbs. Uh, and I think Gibbs agreed with us. I mean, he said so in the press conference. Connor, why don't you play that real quick? It's a huge deal when you get a chance to get a win. And to have uh, Christopher already in the playoffs, it's a big deal for us, for sure. It's hard to do, I'll put it that way. So, yeah, I mean, you can see Coach Gibbs agrees. It was a statement win. It's a big deal for them. He's in the playoffs. Uh <laughs> I mean, this kid's here to stay. I agree with you on that one too, Ryan. And uh, Christopher Bell had a great race, but that caution for the rain was so bad 
such a joke. Chase Elliott. I'm not even a Chase Elliott fan. I'm not a Chevy fan. I have nothing to do with Hendrick. But that is so bad, and I would be so mad if I was a Chase Elliott fan. They took that race away from him. Dylan, your bold predictions are in shambles. I don't know how you're feeling about this one. It's tough to see. You know, I'm relying on some of these road course races. Now, we got 34 to go, so luckily, you know, it's not the end of the road here. But everyone seems to be getting a little closer to theirs, and I seem to be getting a little further from mine. I'm just never a fan of of you know, taking the win away from C bell by blaming it on the caution. He had, he had to make it, make it work. And he did. Um, and it's, what's interesting to me is everything this means for bell. He maybe had the third best weekend in NASCAR, uh, because the Gibbs family, just like, like, like Garrett said, I mean, Gibbs making this move completely validated by that win. Plus seeing his grandson win an Xfinity. What a weekend for those guys as well. So, yeah. Big, big Gibbs weekend, big Toyota weekend, getting a win in the truck cup in Xfinity. And the other thing about Chris Bell, and we can move on. I mean, I think people sort of get what this means for him. But for I don't think anyone, I think everyone would have said Chris Bell's going to get a win this year. I don't think anyone would have said it was going to be on a road course. So for him to come out and win his first win on a road course when he's not supposed to be a, you know, quote unquote, road, road course guy uh, is just another sort of wake up of this kid's talent. Um, and, and Chris Bell, he, he actually talked about that a little bit in the press conference after the win too. So Connor play that one real quick too. Uh, a dream come true, man, to, to win my first race at a road course is, you know, I didn't expect that to happen. Um, and I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for the guys that are good at road racing because it's, uh, I feel like it showcases talent, you know, the, the cars, especially here today, you know, we have the low, low downforce package. So they're slipping, they're sliding. Um, you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, riding the car more than you're driving the car. So, uh, it, it was just surreal, man, to be as competitive as we were today. Um, I, I felt like I went toe to toe with Chase Elliott and we were kind of, we were pretty equal there. So that was really cool. Uh, Chase is the benchmark for road racing at the moment. And, and I feel like we're, we're close. Yeah. I mean, so you, you can see he, he didn't really think it might happen, but it happened and he, and he's here. And I mean, for anybody other than Chase Elliott or Martin Truex Jr. to win a road course is impressive, but for a guy in his second, you know, second star in this car to do it, it's just, it means more. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just impressive to see. He's just another guy that's going to be up there for these road courses. Now you got to, you got to think about and worry about. If a caution comes out with 15 laps to go when Chase Elliott's winning by 10 seconds, sure. He, he'll, he'll be a real yeah. dominant force. Yeah. All right. Let's get into that. Let's get into the race a little bit. Yeah. That caution. I mean, like I sort of said earlier, like, I was watching on Sunday and I was like, this is going to be a really boring race and episode to talk about. And then the mystery weather caution came out, whether there was actually, whether there was weather is a question, uh, which I guess we can't answer because we weren't there, but it seemed like a lot of people on the radio did not think it was necessary. And it completely changed the race. I mean, Chase Elliott started from the pole. He dominated the entire race pretty much up until that point, And it looked like he was going to run away with it. And then it just went completely bonkers from there. Uh, and I don't know. Is that going to be what we're going to see at road courses for the rest of the year? Anybody think so? Well, it seemed like it was a rule. So I felt like I was on the other end of the uh, the duels and the qualifying of uh, NASCAR Twitter complaining about rules. But, I mean, they just got to figure out a local yellow or virtual yellow or, or something. But Chase Elliott should win the next six races. So, Dylan, I think your bold prediction is uh, in perfect shape. You're, I think he's going to be right mad after. He's going to be a little bit mad. But I think this kind of goes to what we were talking about last week of like, even when there isn't rain, they're getting rain delays in NASCAR. That's it, they're just 
so quick to call it on this and you know whether or not it was a competition caution essentially but every week now and we're going to miami where never rains there right so we should be clean soon it's i hope that we get rid of these fake rain cautions has to be porn come on there's a i think there are two questions one did the weather dictate a caution and two should the weather dictate a caution or should it be up to the teams now, if we're going to go down this conspiracy rabbit hole that they're calling a caution to get Chase Elliott out of the lead, they want their most popular. That's the anti-junior caution. Uh, I mean, I think for NASCAR, Chase Elliott winning over and over and over again is ideal. So I don't think there was some ulterior motive here. Um, I think it's just somebody saw rain, You know, whether or not that rule needs to change, whether or not there's a, a certain amount of rain on the track. But I don't think NASCAR was trying to knock Chase Elliott out of the lead. Yeah, I agree with you, Dave. I, I think, yeah, I think the rule is is what we should be talking about, whether they should call, because Brian's right, it is a rule uh, if that they have to call the caution if there's rain to give the teams a chance to put on the rain tires. Now, that rule should probably change, and these guys should strategize and, you know, be able to make a decision for themselves out during the normal green flag runs. Um, but on the other side of that conspiracy theory question is whether they – I don't think they wanted to take the win away from Chase. I just think they wanted to make it a little bit more interesting and competitive yeah. in the last 15 laps. So, yeah, and no, I, you know. no doubt. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, but I mean, and they did. I mean, yeah, it, it worked. Yeah, it did. And I think Chris Bell winning is good for NASCAR. I mean, he's another young guy who is going to be around for a while on a, you know, on one of NASCAR's premier teams. Uh, they need some more faces. Although I, I would like Chris Bell to open up a little bit more when he's in front of the, the microphone. <laughs> now that the, the other side of that though, which I think Dave was just saying, you kind of like look at golf and kind of how that went when Tiger Woods was dominating golf was up. And then when all the young guns came and everyone was winning different majors, no back to backs, all switching, it kind of lost a lot of its luster. It's sort of like NASCAR. Chase Elliott is dominating. That might be better for the sport than a ton of different guys. You know, a ton of different parody. But I don't know. Starting to see a little bit of comparisons there. Great point, though. While we're talking about Thank rules you, that need to, while we're talking about rules that need to change, these guys have to run what like sixteen reused engines, which means that Bell <laughs> couldn't do a burnout after his first win. Uh, I mean. Like you said, Garrett, I would like to heard a little more fire excitement. Like it's a little canned in his responses. I mean, maybe if that guy lights the tires up for five minutes before they put a mic in his face, you get a little more of that excitement. Um, it's, he sounded very coached, which he is. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to hear, I want to hear that fire, man. You just got your first cup series win. He's been a phenom since, you know, he was young. So you, you get in front of the mic a lot and you got people handling you, telling you what to say and make sure you, Thank the sponsors, which he definitely does at every chance. You, you don't lose sponsorship for what he did after the yeah. race. You, you don't get any new <laughs> ones, but uh, you don't you don't lose any. But hey, maybe you light those tires on fire. You you lose a little uh, you lose a little of that coaching, and, and you have a little fun with it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, you know. All right. Well, okay. Let's let's you know move along here. So I don't think there's much to talk about left to talk about the race. I'm excited for some weird reason to get to a mile and a half track next week, just to get a little bit sort of gauge of what the rest of the season might look like. Cause we've had the super speedway and road course now both kind of wild cards. Um, so, so next week should be interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to give you uh, Garrett's notables for the week. These are the guys that people weren't talking about that had good finishes. So we got uh, after the first lap tire cut down, 
who we talked a lot about last week, but then didn't seem like anybody was talking about yesterday or Sunday was Michael McDowell finished eighth place. So how about that for Michael McDowell coming back? Uh, ninth place, got to give this guy credit, Ryan Priest. I mean, and you know, a non-chartered team, two top tens in a row. Uh, love it for that guy. Number yeah. four in our Chevy Power Rankings. Yeah, moved up to Chevy Power Rankings. And then 14th place was Eric Jones. Also had trouble early. No one's really talked about him in the last two races at all. Yeah, I think You always talk about him. No, not during the race. No one <laughs> talked about Eric Jones. He always talks about how no one talks about him. <laughs> no one uh, talked about him during the race. Uh, Dylan, where did a road course ace Anthony Alfredo end up on uh, on Sunday? He he struggled, but I think he finished in uh, the low 20s, if I'm not mistaken. But he got in a wreck early, I think, and had some some Tough adversity luck. to overcome. Yeah. yeah, but it was a good race by him. Good I got race. Anthony yep. Alfredo clocking in at 22nd place. So that's Oh, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Speaking of guys who got in wrecks early, my guy Kyle Busch got in a wreck on the first lap, I believe. Yeah. Uh, got some damage. Would have made a really good-looking raced diecast over at RacingUSA.com. Battled back up to third or fourth place at one point before, again, becoming irrelevant. But my bold prediction looked potentially meaningful very briefly during the race. Yeah, you, you, Right Bush is ahead in the point standings for my alternate bold prediction as well. Kurt Bush is having a heck of a year. He had a good race. Two races. After he went spinning in the grass there. All right, real quick before we get into the gas and go guest results uh how about these guys for rough starts to the year william byron 29th in points maddie d 37th in points behind our boy quinn half yuck uh, i love quinn but i don't know that that's a good place to be uh, and how about this guy you thought the five pound lead issue was gone ryan blady 19th in points uh, so those, those guys got some work to do. 19th isn't that bad, but I don't think that's where Blaney wanted to be. Um, all right, Connor, give us our gas and go guest results for the weekend. Thanks Garrett. Tough day for our cup guys on Sunday with Quinn Howe finishing dead last after only completing three laps. Although he somehow had a better race than Joey Gase who got the old DNP that's did not participate. Corey LaJoy was our top performer in the Cup Series this week with a 31st place finish. Look, I think Corey got a little bit of a bad rap on uh, on Chase Elliott's radio. Well, what's he doing there? He's trying to protect his spot, man. He's trying to race his way into the top 10 here at a road course. Chase Elliott goes off course, makes a great save, and then just decides to run into Corey LaJoy and blame the seven car. I didn't appreciate it. Yeah, I think that's a little frustration from uh, Elliot there, maybe blaming someone when it's not necessarily their fault. But on to Xfinity. Noah Gregson completed his unideal two-week stay in Daytona with a 28th place finish on Saturday after sitting on pit road for the first three laps because he couldn't get his car started. I don't know, maybe he left the headlights on overnight? He did end up battling his way back onto the lead lap and made it all the way up to sixth at one point, but was involved in a late wreck and ended up 28th. Our guest this week that you will hear coming up, Josh Williams, finished 17th after finding the wall in the first overtime attempt. It originally looked like he made it through the chaos, but had to swerve around the number 52 car, which put him into the grass and sent him spinning into the infield wall. Always tough to make top 10 when you get up close and personal with an infield barrier. Brandon Brown with a nice showing this week, back-to-back top 10s for the second time in his career. He had a hard-fought race and worked his way up during the second overtime to finish in eighth place. 
a terrific showing from Daniel Hemrick. He was up there battling for the win during the last five laps, but ultimately ended up third. Guys, this leads me to believe that we're not too far off from attending our first victory party. But the winner of the weekend will have to go to Jordan Bianchi. That's right, Jordan Bianchi for his unfaded enjoyment of the truck race on Friday night. Even into the third overtime when everyone was begging for no more cautions, Jordan tweeted out, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm entertained. And when he tweeted a quote from winner Ben Rhodes, thank God that's over, Jeff Gluck replied, speaking for everyone but you apparently. And there's my recap for the GNG OKGs at the Daytona road course. All right. That was awesome. Thanks, Cotter. Yeah, I, I didn't see uh, Jordan Bianchi making the list this week, but good shout out for JB there. And Bianchi also said that fireworks were overrated. Then that got a Gluck's uh, Gluck too. So uh, a big week for Bianchi. This yeah. is quickly becoming my favorite segment. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a great rundown. I can't wait to add more guys to that. Um and uh, get the results in there. All right, well, let's keep it moving. Got a lot still to get into. Dave, before we do that, tell us about our presenting sponsor. Thanks, Garrett. And I'm happy to have another exciting announcement this week from our friends at RacingUSA.com. They just added Christopher Bell's Daytona Road Course Race Win Diecast to the website. These collectibles are available in autographed, elite, standard, and 1-64 to versions. Since the Daytona Road Course is Christopher's first of what will be many wins, this is sure to be a valuable collectible for years to come. It will be manufactured to look exactly like it did when it crossed the finish line. In addition, the Race Win t-shirt that will probably sell out in the next few days is also available. Don't delay. Last week, we told you about Kyle Busch's Clash Race Win diecast, Austin Sindrick's Daytona Xfinity win, and Michael McDowell's Daytona 500 diecast, complete with duct tape. All these cars are available in autographed and non-autographed versions while supplies last. There's a quick link to these cars, as well as quite a few of last year's race winners, including Chase Elliott's championship diecast on RacingUSA.com's homepage. And don't forget, as the primary sponsor of our Gas & Go podcast, RacingUSA.com is giving away one $50 gift card every week to one of our listeners. To qualify for this week's giveaway, follow us on Twitter, Podcast Gas. And of course, follow Racing USA on Twitter and keep your notifications on. Whenever you need a new hat, t-shirt, diecast, helmet, or novelty to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise since 1999, and home to automatic discounts on officially licensed NASCAR merchandise and free upgrades to expedited shipping. Don't forget to tell them the Gas & Go Boys sent you. Garrett, back to you. Thanks, Dave. Love how Racing USA gets those emails out right after a race win with merch for the winner. I love merch and I love winners and I love I think they know I think they know the winner before the winner is actually announced. <laughs> They're very quick with it. Very <laughs> quick. Very quick. It's impressive. It's impressive. All right. Well, let's get into some news here and bring in our gas and go news correspondent, Ryan. Rhino, over to you. Thanks, Garrett. I'm Rhino, and this is your Stage 2 Gas & Go News. Richard Petty Motorsports announced they are partnering with Tide for the Bristol Dirt Race. Connor, Tide had to be a part of this dirt race. What did you think of the paint scheme? Future Bumper Sticker Award winner? Uh, absolutely. Unbelievable car here. Perfect sponsorship for the perfect race. Everything about it, wonderful. 
carparts.com.com returns to Front Row Motorsports and Michael McDowell for some sponsorships. Dylan, it's good to be the Daytona 500 champ, right? And any thoughts on the paint scheme? Always good to be the 500 champ. A lot of extra cash coming in, I'm sure. Paint scheme is okay. Seems a little busy at certain parts, I'll say. After AJ Allmendinger and Austin Sindrick got into it at the end of stage one on Saturday, Ty Gibbs was able to win his first Xfinity race in his first start. Dave, you are my go-to Ty Gibbs guy on this program. How impressed were you by this win? And when do we get this young man in a cup car? Look, it was it was mind-blowing, really, to see this guy win. And it's his first time in an Xfinity car. We asked Jamie Little if he was going to win every ARCA race this year. I guess we should have asked how many Xfinity races he was going to win because it seems like it could be quite a few. It won't be long. Good point. Well, the truck race ended about five minutes ago after their 99th overtime with Ben Rhodes winning his second race in a row. Garrett, any thoughts on all the overtimes? And what do you think about defending champ Sheldon Creed running with a totally white car unsponsored? Look, on Friday night, I don't know why people are complaining about more racing. I'm with JB there. I was entertained. It kept me going, you know, while I was just sitting on the couch. So I'm fine with that. Uh, feel bad for Sheldon Creed. That white car looks perfect for the Gas and Go whiteout logo. Uh, the Camping World CEO said that he wants to sponsor the car. If not, Gas and Go is up and ready. Breaking news. John Orand of SVJ reports that he would be surprised if NASCAR doesn't go back to noon starts. Connor, I know as East Coast guys, we would love noon starts, but starting at 9 a.m. local on the West Coast, that can't be good for NASCAR's business, right? Yeah, I don't think that's the right idea. Maybe 1, 1.30, like the NFL. Uh, I The reasoning is kind of odd just because of the, the rain delays. Is it like always rain in the afternoon? Is that right? It always rains in Florida. Daniel Suarez tweeted that he puked in his helmet with 15 laps to go and finish the race. Dylan, this gives a whole new meaning to puke and rally, right? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. You know, I think there's a couple guys on here who have puked once or twice in our lives. And so from one man to another, I can say job well done there, there, Daniel. (laughs) Richmond Raceway and Toyota agreed to a new sponsorship agreement to keep the two spring races being sponsored by the car brand. Dave, kind of bland news, but any predictions on if fans will be in the stands? Race is under two months away. Yeah, I think they got to be. My guy, Dave Teal, over at the Richmond Times-Dispatch, I uh, wrote a column, I believe today, that the 250-person limit is just, it's outdated at this point. We need a percentage. We need something more modern. Let me tell you, that race should be at night, and there should be a tailgating, and I don't think either of those things are going to happen. Sad news. I will always remember where I was when I saw the tweet that NASCAR Cup Series Superstar Series Champion Daytona 500 winner Fuel Only Joey Logano was joining the FS1 booth for the Xfinity race. Joey brought his expertise along with his fancy blue shirt to help guide viewers through the tricky road course and did a great job. Leaning on his expertise as a young guy coming up through Joe Gibbs Racing was the perfect man to call the Ty Gibbs first win. He even kept his Penske bias in check as Cindric was making a late run. Garrett, you told me privately how much you enjoyed Joey's call and you recorded the race and listened to it again on Sunday. Explain to the listeners your favorite part of the race. Okay, thanks Garrett, well said as always. (laughs) Everyone's been asking about it and that's the perfect time to bring this back. We're gonna play Guess That Brand. Here we go. Three hints were starting easiest to hardest. Dylan, you're up first. Perfect. They sponsor multiple teams. Next clue. This company currently sells 34 different varieties of their product. Next clue. Their main colors are black with green. Is it Monster? It's Monster, your favorite. Oh, I nailed it. (laughs) 
All right, Garrett, you're up. This company's new to NASCAR, but have made a splash with a primary primary black scheme. Next. This company is headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina. Next. Although they might not be able to boost your signal, they could help you open a new checking account. <laughs> is it Ally? <laughs> it's Ally. You love the banks. All right, Dave, you're up. It takes over half a day walking to burn off a meal from this place. I don't think that narrows it down quite enough in NASCAR. Their strawberry milkshakes contain zero actual strawberries. I'm going McDonald's, baby. I've had more than one of those. You got it wrong the first time, but you got it right now. McDonald's is correct. Good job, Dave. All right, Connor. This is a toughie, but you're you're undefeated at these. This company is marketed as, as Andrex in the United Kingdom. As what in the United Kingdom? Andrex. Okay, give me the next. Their main colors are blue and white. Fastenal? No, their main product can be bought at the grocery store, but you can buy it in bigger quantities at a warehouse-type store. It's Connell. Connell. And as your your stage two Gas and Go News, I'm Rhino. Garrett, back to you. All right, thanks, Rhino. Always fun doing the news rundown, except for when you throw in that little nugget there about me liking Joey Logano in the booth. That was three lies and zero facts. Not too too (laughs) much of a lie. (laughs) <laughs> I guess you lied to me Sunday morning when you said you were rewatching the race, but I can uh, never tell the truth with you. That was an imposter Instagram account. You got to watch out for those. All right, <laughs> let's get into stage three. But first, before we do that, we got to bring in Josh Williams uh, and get that interview to you guys. I hope you enjoy it. And as always, we'll see you on the other side. Gas and Go Nation, we've got a hell of a guest for you this week, a Gas and Go favorite, an overall NASCAR fan favorite, driver of the number 92 Chevrolet Camaro in the Xfinity Series, Port Charlotte's favorite son, Josh Williams. Josh, fresh off two weeks in Daytona, how are you feeling? Oh, pretty good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. It's, uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks, but we made it through it and had some pretty decent finishes, so on the homestead, see if we can get back where we need to be inside top 10. So how do you assess your, your two weeks in Daytona uh, and, and how you ran down there? Was that sort of on par? I, I know I'm sure the, the first Daytona race was a little bit disappointing because you're pretty good there at the super speedways. Just give me sort of a, a, your, your thoughts on, on the finishes. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we definitely should have, I feel like we had top 10 cars in, in both races. Um, you know, beginning of the speedway race, we had some tire issues and cutting left rears down, um, just kind of having some clearance issues on left rear fender. So that hurt us and, and put us way behind and put us a couple laps down. So we really didn't didn't get a chance to race with those guys. So we just kind of rode around the back and you know, try not to tear anything else up. You know, so that uh that hurt our finish a little bit. I mean, still ended up with a decent finish. You know, better than better than most people for sure. But yeah. Um, but I, I think, uh, I think we had top 10 there today, Tony, you know, our, our cars are really good. We've always had really good speedway cars. You know, Mario puts a, puts a good car together for, for all of us for the speedway. So, well, uh, at least we got something to work with for Talladega and we don't have to fix the whole thing and weld front clip on and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned heading down to Homestead next week. Uh, how you feeling there? Have you, uh, you guys put in work to get those mile and a half down as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. We've made some, uh, we've made some big improvements on our mile and a half stuff, you know, over the, 
over the last year and a half and, and really made some big gains there. So um, I love Homestead. You know, the place is wore out rough. You, you really got to have some tire management and, and be up on the wheel all the time. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, places like that. So I would wish we went to Darlington and Homestead like 15 times a year instead of some of these other places. But I don't make the schedule. I just, <laughs> I just drive. So it's, yeah, I know. Um, it's going to be fun. I know we'd like to see Darlington on, on the schedule a lot more times also, but you mentioned some places you might not like to go. What do you think about road courses and the, the right turns that come with them? Uh, road courses are fun. I mean, I'm no road course guy by no means, but um, it's a blast, man. You know, the, those cars are so heavy and, you know, they're really, they're not really road race cars by no means. So it's fun. It's challenging. You know, you got to get up on the wheel and, and drive it as hard as you can every lap. So there's, there's no uh, no conserving there at the road courses, and that makes it pretty fun. And you throw in some guys that you really don't race against that are road course racers full time, and you know try to learn some things from those guys. I try to follow Lally as much as I can, you know, when he comes by. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Are there any tracks that you just don't like, don't want to go to? Um, do I have to say that out loud? I mean, you don't <laughs> have to. It'd be cooler if you did. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, like places like Michigan and and Pocono, I feel like things just get so spread out, and you know, you really can't race each other. You know, restarts are fun, but but that's about all you get out of it. Um, you know, just more short tracks and and places that are that are rough and wore out. I think Nashville this year is going to be pretty cool. You know, going back, I think everybody's going to be sliding around there and and uh, putting on a good show. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see Nashville back on the schedule, and I'm I'm hoping for a Gibson Guitar Trophy. I don't know if that's been uh, officially announced yet, but Nashville is definitely a good one to have back on the schedule. We were watching you Saturday night. You got some TV time at the end congratulating Ty Gibbs. Are you and Ty friends? What would you say to him? Um, a little bit. I mean, you know, I watched him when he first started running the ARCA stuff and some late mall things and, you know, the the stuff that, people say on the internet is pretty impressive and I don't know how that, I mean, I'd probably, my Twitter account would probably be blocked already or banned or something if, <laughs> if I was Ty, but he handles those people pretty well. And, you know, I just, you know, I got out of the car and I seen him over there and, you know, I could tell he was having a little tough time. So I walked over there and I was like, Hey man, you know, you just proved a lot of people wrong and, you know, you deserve to be in this sport and things like that. So, you know, just try to lift him up a little bit. Cause I know it's gotta be frustrating sometimes, you know, people always saying that you're only here for certain reasons. So. Right. Right. And I, I'm sure he appreciated that coming from a veteran like you. Do you have a good response? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. In between uh, him trying to catch his breath and crying, he was pretty appreciative about it. So it was, uh, That's it was awesome. cool to see. How ridiculous is that win for him? Oh, that's insane, man. You know I mean? It's, for that to just come out of the gate like that. And I mean, he, it's not like he was, you know, running an ARCA race somewhere. I mean, it was an Xfinity race and he was racing against people that been doing this for years and guys in the same caliber equipment as he is, you know, there's 15 cars out there that, you know, have the best of the best. So that's a, I mean, that's a huge, huge accomplishment for him and, and, you know, their team and how prepared he was and things like that. And I mean, you know, he definitely has some seat time and does a lot of tests and things like that. But, you know, you still got to get the job done at the end of the day. Yeah, not a, not a bad way to start your career. 
uh, got us to thinking. I mean, what were you doing at 18? Oh, man. <clears throat> I was driving a Ford Dually around with a 28-foot trailer with me and three of my buddies, and we were going ARCA racing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, so that's what we were doing. We were traveling the country, doing it the hard way. Very, very different, I think, for most of us. Yeah. Yes. yeah so but, uh, look, you know. looking back to uh, last year, starting at the fall Talladega race, you were able to rip off three out of four uh, top 10 finishes, including that sixth place finish at Kansas, which was super emotional. But how are you going to be able to get back to that kind of top 10 performance? And did you find anything last year that you can kind of shift into this year? I think I think we already, you know, I think we're already there. You know, I mean, I don't think that we've, uh, you know, we haven't changed anything. You know, if anything, we've gotten better. You know, in the off season, so um, hopefully Homestead, you'll you'll see that come back out, and and we'll be right back to where we were before. And I think if we we could uh, erase a little bit of bad luck here these first two races. I think you would have seen us already clip off two top ten. So we're yeah. uh, we're right back to where we were, and I feel like we're even better. That's awesome to hear. So in your Twitter bio, you have a hashtag keep pushing and our motto here is keep grinding. So what's that grind or push kind of been like for you in your career? Uh, it's been difficult, man. I mean, I've, you know, there's been times, you know, at the end of the season where I just didn't want to go back, you know, I just, it's difficult and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that get thrown at you and it's difficult for someone like myself that, you know, has to go out and, you know, find your money and, and things like that. And, and nobody's handed you anything or whatever, but, um, you know, doing it the hard way, I think is, I think it's the best result in the end. You know, if you can have good finishes and you can beat some of these guys and especially with being with DGM, you know, we're a small team based out of Florida and, you know, have minimal help. It's, um, it just pays off, you know, like that sixth place finish at Kansas and our top tens in a row right there. I mean, that's, that's huge for us. Yeah. So speaking of being on a small team, like what's the sponsorship differences that you're kind of running into that an Austin Cindric or, you know, a Riley Herbst that don't have to deal with on a week to week basis that you kind of have to pick up. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it doesn't matter, you know, what you are from the being at the front of the field or the back of the field, everybody's trying to get that, that same amount of, of dollar. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, there's things that, you know, we don't have a, that they have, you know, we don't have 5,000 employees in a hundred thousand square foot building. So, I mean, we can, you know, we can do more with less than them for sure, but, um, it's just difficult. You gotta, you gotta be grinding and, and that's, you know, that's what Megan does for us. She goes out and grinds and, and tries to find these people to put stickers on the side of the car and, and take care of them. And then we try to represent their businesses as best we can and build relationships within the garage, you know, with other sponsors. It's, it's a big game. You know, it's, um, I always told her, I said, you're the only job that I think I wouldn't want to have because it's, it's definitely difficult. Yeah. We, I mean, we're a very, uh, small operation over here at the gas Go podcast, but we, we do the grind for sponsors too. And it's, it's not a lot of fun. Um, but no, oh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to hear no more than you're going to hear. Yes. I promise you that. We don't even hear no. We just don't hear anything. <laughs> so I, I'd like a no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the silence is Yeah. So, so Josh, sticking with the sponsors, but a little different aspect here. I want to talk about some paint schemes. Uh, you had the applesauce paint scheme. What were like the perks of of running that applesauce car? Were you like up to your eyeballs in applesauce at home? 
<laughs> yeah, man. We, uh, you know, that relationship started back in the Arca days. Um, you know, we've uh, we've been good friends with them over in Musclemans for years, and uh, I think it's back uh, 2015. I think was our uh, our first uh, first year with those guys, and it's cool, man. I mean, you don't have to go to the grocery store. That's one thing you don't have to buy, so it's uh, <laughs> it's an advantage for sure. But you know, it's uh, I love it. I'm a big fan of food. Period. So. There you go. Well, I don't know if you it got, works out good for me. I don't know if you got kids coming soon, but you got all the apple sauce you'll ever need there. I know, right? Yeah, that's going to be a benefit for sure. <laughs> uh, well, Josh, stick with paint schemes. You you ran the paint scheme bracket last year for the 2020 schemes. Uh, but what are some of your just favorites overall besides the applesauce scheme, of course? Um, you know, yeah, our our end of the season, you know, Phoenix Star with the hospital tour. That's you know, that's always one of my favorites. Um, uh, I don't know, man. They're they're all pretty good. Our Halloween scheme, I thought that was badass. I mean, that, yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, we've had some good ones, man. Our, our homestead car, uh, you know, our, our sleep oil car. I mean, they, they're all good. I don't even know if I can pick a complete favorite, but they're, uh, you know, they're all equally just as good as the rest. Yeah, I agree. You got, you do have some, some great schemes. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to get another paint scheme question here for you. You say your favorite movies, days of thunder. What's your favorite paint scheme from days of thunder? <laughs> the old 46 car bud yeah all right good we're on the same page there <laughs> it's iconic yeah that, that one's great I, I it was on tv the other day and, and i sort of forgot how great the uh super flow scheme was too though that, that that one's a little bit underrated i think yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Josh, uh, sorry, we talk about paint schemes a lot here. So probably wondering why we're asking so many questions, but I got, I got another one here. You've ran the the scheme, which I know is important to you with the handprints on there. Uh, you know, with all your work dealing with children's hospitals, any, any chance that one's coming back or you got any plans for that? That's a great scheme with all the, with all the kids handprints on there. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'll do that. You know, we'll continue to do that every year, you know, at the, at the end of the season, we're, You'll see that paint scheme, you know, every year that I, you know, I'm in NASCAR or whatever series it may be. You'll you'll see that at the end of the year every year. So that'll uh, that won't go away. That's going to continue to that's going to be um, around for a long, long time. Cool, cool. That's great. That's great to hear. So um, you're in the number 92 right now. What's your opinion of that number? And, and like, what's your favorite number to put on the side of a car? Is it 92? Uh, I mean, you know how NASCAR works, you know, it's all team based and things like that. So yeah. I, uh, you know, I was always number six forever, you know, for the longest time, everything, everything I really ever drove up until I got to NASCAR. So, um, that's kind of my go-to, but you know how this big time auto racing goes, you don't really <laughs> get to pick and choose. So it's, yeah. uh, 92 has been good to us. So, you know, we've, uh, we've had good success with it and, and uh, we're going to try to stick with that at DGM, try not to hop around that way. So we kind of uh, keep our image there with the 92. Yeah, 92 solid. Uh, so was number six because you were like a Mark Martin fan or I mean, who were you a fan of growing up? Yeah, yeah, it's a, the, a Mark Martin deal. And, and my dad, when he raced, he was number six forever. So cool. it just kind of kind of seemed right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Josh, I'm going to switch gears. Enough for enough with paint and numbers on the cars, but I got to get into a question I think, well, I hope you'll find funny. So we had Noah Gregson on a few months ago, and we asked him if he was Never in heard the, of her. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you might get some payback here. So um, he, we asked him if he was in the Xfinity series octagon, who would he least want to fight in there? And he said, BJ McLeod. I told him it was you. So I got to ask you, if you're in the octagon, is there anyone in Xfinity that you're nervous about? Yeah, BJ. <laughs> yeah. Me and him grew up in the same place, man. We've, we've, we've been around the short tracks of South Florida for a long time. And, you know, it was either you won or you fought your way out. So, <laughs> that's funny. so we, uh, so we've come from the old school side, but yeah, that's like, you know, me and BJ were actually talking about that last year and he was like, man, he says, there's only a few people in the garage I wouldn't fight. And he's like, you're one of them. And I don't remember who else he said. And I was like, yeah, I said, I'd be so wore out about 20 minutes into me and you trying to fight each other. I'd probably just give up. You, you guys just got to do it after a race one time, just for the pure comedic value of it, you know, just get on TV, just duke it out. <laughs> oh yeah. That'd be funny. Yeah, We well, always said if we wrecked each other, we're just going to get out and go after it for, for a little while. So at least get some TV time out of it. There you go. There you go. I mean, so you sort of said you grew up with them and you, and you scrapped your way around growing up racing. I mean, I was going to ask if you ever been in a fight after a race, but it sounds like maybe you have. Yeah, maybe a few. <laughs> maybe a few. Old school, man. Old school. I love it, man. That's that's what we're about here. Keep grinding. Um, all right, Josh. Well, <laughs> you might not know this, but we got some inside sources on you here. And one of those sources told us to ask you about the Uncrustables incident at Daytona. So what happened there last week? That was a sad story. <laughs> so, so like during the, you know, they brought lunch in or whatever from outside and uh, they had like, I think we, I think we had like burgers and something. And then they had like these brown bags in, in this other box and nobody was touching them. And I was like, what is in this brown bag? So I opened it and it had like an apple and some chips, like a granola bar. And it had an Uncrustable. And I was lit because I love Uncrustables. <laughs> so I started opening up all the bags. And I just, like, I kept taking them out. But, like, nobody could have them. So I could have them for later. And uh, <laughs> we were riding around in a caution. I was like, man, I'd go for an Uncrustable right now. And uh, so we come down pit road and we stopped. And they actually handed me one through, through the window. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Well, I have my gloves on. like. I was like, man, I can't open this thing, you know, because we were about to leave pit road. So I handed it back. And uh, my crew chief, uh, Pickle, he said, man, he said, why didn't you take it? I said, I couldn't open it. He said, I already opened it. <laughs> oh, I was so upset. Because that thing, if I'd known it was open, I'd have ate that sucker under caution. How, how does that even work, getting it through the helmet? Like, I mean, Ty Gibbs asked for the peanut butter crackers the other night. And I was like, how did you just shove it down there? Yeah, I mean, I don't run like a helmet skirt or anything. So I can just yeah. kind of stick it over from the bottom. Gotcha. That's pretty funny. So uh, you might, you probably do know, but our, our secret source on is BJ Tucker, who's uh, on the DGM crew over there. Any, anything funny we should know about BJ to get him back? <laughs> oh, BJ, <laughs> man, I, I tell you what, I don't know. Uh, when he first started coming around, I, I don't know how he, uh, cause I always mess around, you know, I'm picking on people or whatever, just telling jokes and stuff. And, you tell when he first met me, he was like kind of timid about it. He's like, this kid's crazy, you know, but, but, uh, he's warmed up to me pretty good now. So he's, uh, he's a good dude, man. And uh, a big help to us. You know, he, he volunteers and it's, uh, it's cool to have him around at the racetrack. 
Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a he's a Virginia Tech Hokie like us, so we love BJ. Um, I'm gonna pass the mic over here to Connor. He's got some rapid fire questions here. We're gonna keep it less serious as always here. Well, real quick before you start, Connor, I got. Did you run any analytics on the Uncrustables pit stop? I mean, with you know, handed in, handed it out. Did you add any time to the stop there? Oh yeah, yeah. We were still cutting body panels and all kinds of stuff off from the left <laughs> rear rubbing. So we had plenty of time. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Plus priorities. Probably could have made our own. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, Josh. I'm gonna jump in here and ask you a few rapid fire questions. Just a couple word answers here. Not too, uh, not too crazy answers. Um, first, I'm gonna go Port Charlotte or Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm, Charlotte, North Carolina. Sandals or sneakers? Crocs. <laughs> okay, it's kind of a cross there. All right, I like it. That's a Port Charlotte answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, any specific color of Crocs? Black. Okay. Are you a Jubal's guy? Are you a Jubal's guy? A what? It's like those little uh, things they put in the Crocs. You guys know what I'm talking oh, about. The flare? Oh, no. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> you can put like a Muscleman logo no. or an Uncrustable logo. You know, show who your little personality. Yeah, I mean, I would probably do that, but I'm not putting Mickey Mouse on my Crocs. <laughs> Maybe we'll look up uh, some flair to send you here. Um, okay, moving <laughs> along. Movies or TV shows? Uh, TV shows. Uh, I don't know movies. I like movies. Favorite movie? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like Days of Thunder, but I don't know what my current current favorite movie is. I'm hearing Little Women. Okay, bike ride or go for a run? Bike ride. I ain't running anywhere. <laughs> uh, fishing or hunting? Both. <laughs> okay, what's your biggest trophy from each? Um, I don't know. I'm like a flats guy, so I mean, I don't know, snook and redfish somewhere in there. I mean, I did go uh, offshore fishing for dolphin a long time ago, so that'd probably be it. What about um, you go bucks or you go turkeys or? Yeah, yeah, buck hunting. I got, we got like 13 acres up here and where my shop is in North Carolina. So my deer stands literally like 200 yards from the side door of my shop. So it's pretty convenient. Nice. Um, all right. What about favorite type of barbecue? Mm, brisket. Nice. Love us a good brisket. Uh, bagels or toast? Bagels. Chips and dip or chips and salsa? Uh, chips and dip. Would you rather eat every meal with only knives or only spoons? No forks allowed. Nah, spoons. <laughs> and cutting through a steak, you think you can do that with a spoon? Yeah, if it's cooked right. <laughs> nice answer. Uh, okay. Have you so, not seen my wife? She cooks everything. Well, that leads right into the next question, which is perfect. We understand your wife wants to be a chef. Any, um, or what's your favorite dish of hers? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. She keeps making new ones, so my favorite keeps changing. <laughs> but uh, I guess my favorite um, has been, like, she makes this turkey bowl, and it's delicious. What, what's like, involved with uh, that? 
uh, she like makes this ground turkey and it's got corn, black beans, uh, guacamole, like um, lime juice, um, feta cheese. It's delicious. Any cranberry it's... sauce in there? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, well, you sound like you know a little bit about food there as well. Have you ever cooked for her? Um, I can grill, but that's about the extent of it. Okay. I'm not a, I'm not a cook. All right. What about, uh, are you more of a steak or a burger guy in the grill? Uh, steak for sure. All right. Um, all right. So with NASCAR moving to the next gen car in the cup series, are you a five lug nuts guy or a one lug nut guy? Uh, five. <laughs> five. Perfect lug. answer. My man. All right, wrapping up yeah. here. Uh, what's your favorite type of music? Um, I listen to all types of music, like everything, literally all of it. I mean, I don't listen to like classical or like stuff like that. But any any artist or song on repeat right now? Um, no, not really. I'm I don't have a favorite or anything. I just kind of listen to everything. Gotcha. And uh, last one here. Whether they're dead or alive, touring or retired, if you could see anyone live in concert, who would it be? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Sounds like I you don't say know. Pitbull. Nobody. <laughs> We're gonna go with Pitbull. Perfect. <laughs> all right, that's all I, I got for you there. Uh, you say you listen to everything but classical. What about uh, we had we had Brandon Brown on, and he's an EDM guy apparently. Do you, do you include EDM in that everything? Makes that makes sense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Dang. That's, That's a right. fantastic answer for him. I was thinking more along the lines of something different, but. Yeah, it, we were we were kind of surprised when he said that. I'm not going to lie, but you, you probably know him a little bit better than us in the garage. Um, but all right, Josh. Unfortunately. Why- yeah, unfortunately. Uh, we're winding down here, so I only got a couple more for you. And I, I got to get one more serious question in here, though. What's the goal for you long-term racing? Is it is it that next step or are you you're building on this Xfinity career? Yeah, no, I mean, any time I've ever done anything, you know, I've always, <clears throat> I've always won before I've done something different. So, um, you know, the goal is, is to race on Sundays for sure and, and to, to make it to the cup series, but I'd like to definitely win some races here in Xfinity for, for DGM and, and, you know, maybe make that next step towards the cup series. If, if the sponsors want to follow us and, and we can come up with the, the right amount of money to, to do it right and make it happen. You know, that's, that's definitely the goal. Hell yeah. Well, we're definitely going to be rooting for you there. Um, all right. Two, two last questions. Going to go back, not serious. So I, I was trying to look around and I didn't see anything. Do you have a nickname? Uh, a nickname. I don't know. I mean, they used to call me the real deal for a while. And I caught on fire like three times in one year in a legends car. They used to call me hot foot. <laughs> so I don't know. All right. Well, well I don't really have a nickname, but people call me J dub all the time. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. A lot of, you know, J and W, uh, get that. But so we were brainstorming here. Yeah. I, we got one for you. This is going to be a little Talladega nights ish. So just stay with us here. But you got the oh, mullet. Oh yeah, here we go. You got, you got the mullet coming out of the back, right? So how about Josh yeah. 
the Scorpion Williams because that thing is coming up behind you like a scorpion tail. Bam. <laughs> oh, man. That's impressive. That took some thought right there. I can yeah. feel it. Uh, hey, we, we've had this interview on the books for weeks. I've been thinking about it for that long. <laughs> we already designed a T-shirt. We'll send it over for approval. <laughs> send it. We'll put it on the site. All right. It's it's that's a done deal. We'll get it up there. Uh, all right, Josh. Well, last question here for you. You mentioned getting that first win in Xfinity series. Uh, we've had a lot of great guests on the show and a lot of them are searching for that first win. And we always ask them the same question. And this is very self-serving. When you get that first win, can the gas and go boys come to the first win party? Oh, for sure. <laughs> right. You better hurry though. Cause it's going to happen quick. All right. That's what I like to hear. When that <laughs> checker goes down, brain. we're on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah! No, for sure, man. No, it's uh, when that happens, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be impressive for sure. Hell yeah! Cool, man. Well, we appreciate your time, Josh. Uh, keep pushing, man, and, and keep grinding, like we say. And we're definitely gonna be rooting for you out there. I love watching you on Saturdays and, uh, and and everything you're doing out there. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me on and. Anytime you want to chat or whatever, just give me a shout. You know, I'll be glad to do it anytime. Well, I uh, well, hope you don't hope you don't regret that when we call you next week. But we'll do it. <laughs> Bring it on. All right, that was an incredible interview. Uh, I think the most laughs we've had in an interview. I think I couldn't really tell if Josh was on board with a lot, some of those laughs, but we had a blast. Um, boys, we need the Scorpion shirt design immediately. So somebody get on that and then also mark us down for another party to attend. Schedule is getting full. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I would pre-order the shirt yesterday if it was available on the website. We didn't discuss profit sharing based on being our idea. He's going to market it on his website. We'll figure out the details, maybe at the yeah. party. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're we're good business guys. We'll, we'll keep it clean. What music we'll do you think is going to be playing at that party? Just there, everything on repeat. All the music. Steven. It's not going to be live. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, all right, let's sound of silence. Train. Let's keep this trade rolling into stage three. Dale, hit it. All right, bumper sticker awards time. Let's get into it right away. Favorite paint schemes of the week. Connor, lead us off. Oh, not expecting number one off the bat, but I really enjoyed the number 43 car this week. Bradley Sisson is killing it in his paint schemes this year. This uh, baby blue and white uh, Petty's Garage scheme was amazing. Hit like Ryan was saying in news, his uh, tied car at the Bristol race is going to be amazing. But this one looked very nice. Nice pop on the orange uh, 43 on the top of the car. And everything just went beautiful together. Cool. Good choice. Love Bradley Sis and OKG. Dave, which scheme you got? I got three of them listed. I think they're all solid. I think the one that's my favorite is not actually going to get the daves.com this week. I may never speak of it again. I'm, I'm starting to have a brand on this podcast that I'm not a fan of. I'm going back to my roots. I'm going with Corey LaJoy's number seven car. Um, the crew, the Netflix car, like, you know, primary black with uh, those primary colors popping on there. It looked really nice. 
I wish he could have gotten into the top 10. I blame Chase Elliott, but a good looking number seven car to put the daves.com bumper sticker on. Yeah. I like that one too. You know, even with a kind of funky sponsor, but yeah, the coloring was great on that. Uh, All right, Ryan, which scheme you got? I wanted this to be my first bumper sticker last week, but you don't ruin an OKG's day. Quinn Half last week and get my bumper sticker, but I'm going with Willie B and the Exalta Chevy Camaro. I know we talked about it over the off season, but that thing looks awesome on track. It brings back all the things I loved about Jeff Gordon's old schemes, but with the black base, it really brings it into the 21st century. Excellent looking car and shout out to my guys and gals in the Byron bros, Twitter group chat. Love you guys. Yeah, that one's good. Actually, we, we had a chance to ask Willie B about that scheme. I don't know, a couple weeks ago in a press conference availability. Let's roll that real quick. What kind of input do you have uh, into your paint schemes and especially that new Exalta one? Were you involved in the process with with that or were your eyes on it the first time uh, when it was unveiled like the rest of us? Um, I I have, I get to see blueprints of kind of the progression of of how it gets, how it evolves uh, before it's sent out. But I don't, I don't really get to, you know, design them initially, but, um, you know, I, I get just kind of choose between a few options. So yeah, I, I enjoy, you know, I, I, I enjoy looking at paint schemes and, um, you know, I feel like anything that that's going to be fast is going to look good. So, um, that's kind of my goal is to make it, make it go fast and, um, leave that up to the, the smart people that develop the paint schemes. All right, Dale, which scheme you got? All right. I had a couple that I was choosing from, but nothing super stood out to me. So I went with a little bit of a different choice here. I'm going with the 37 Ryan Priest car because I really like the way that they did the two sponsorship front and back of the car. I feel like a lot of the times when you have two sponsors on these cars, the primary hood just kind of dominates the whole car and the back sponsor gets lost a little bit. Unless you have the deck lid of Joey Gase, then you are in prime time territory. But the way that they split up the coloring of Kroger and Coca-Cola with the whole black back being red with all the, you know, Coca-Cola waves in the front, having that full Kroger blue and the blue numbers, I thought was really well done. Yeah, that's cool. It is a, it is a different style and way to do it. So I'll give you props and noticing that I'm not a big fan of the sponsor being sort of tucked away there in the bottom corner and that lower quarter panel. I, I like the, you know, above the wheel, well, sort of splashing on of the sponsors. So, but yeah, it, it's a cool design. Um, all right. My bumper sticker award this week is going to one. I thought Dave was actually going to pick, so I'm glad it didn't is Kyle Bush's number 18 car, the interstate batteries car. That, that is just an awesome green. I feel like, and it's got some lightning bolts coming out of the number and also Interstate Batteries is just a classic NASCAR sponsor. So I, I just love seeing classic NASCAR sponsors on there. Joe Gibbs number font is always on point. Um, so yeah, that one's mine. You know, jsky.com has their picture of it with the silver tinfoil duct tape on the hood. So it takes away a little bit, but, <laughs> but it's still a sweet looking ride. And I'm, I'm glad you threw it some love. That's uh, I had that one circled, but I've been throwing Kyle Busch a lot of love lately. And I, you know, I got to tone that down just a little bit here. Really good looking car, though. I'm glad, glad you picked it. Yes. Yeah, was it giving you uh, Bobby Labonte uh, vibes uh, to back in the day? Big yeah, time. I mean Bobby Labonte ran that Interstate Batteries as the as the yeah. primary sponsor all year. Um, I'm not a big Bobby Labonte fan, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's a good looking car. Bill, I was surprised you didn't go with um, my actually number two here, the number 41. Your guy Cole with the Dixie Vodka. 
So, yeah, I noticed that when Ryan gave it, so he drafted it in our, uh, you know, paint scheme reveal that we had earlier. So it just got a little bit of attention, but I definitely noticed that one. That was really cool to see actually in person on the track. The like side the, paneling well, it turned out really like well. Pinstripes on the side panel there almost. It's yeah. really cool looking. Very well done. And I, I agree with Dill. Uh, the, the Kroger Coke branding on the 37 looked great. Um, but let's be honest, Ryan Blaney co-brands a car every single week and uh he seems to have mastered the art of co-branding a race car once again ryan blaney with the most random sponsor of the, of the <laughs> week what is that brand on the hood is that like the sponge brand or like lemon wonder mop i think it's uh, literally i think every cleaning. if you go into a menards there's 36 aisles he's got one product in each aisle <laughs> menards it, that's what it is it's like just ridiculous <laughs> One car that I didn't necessarily like the layout, but I love the the sponsor. I fly Daniel Suarez's ninety nine car. Have you guys ever done that? A lot of fun. I did. It is it is fun. And yeah, th- th- those cars have been looking nice. The Suarez cars. Garrett, any social media shoutouts? Uh, thanks for the reminder there, Ryan. We actually did get some this week. Let's see. We got uh, John always gives us good input at Fan Hendricks twenty four. He liked the Ryan Newman. Uh, carbon neutral, white and black, Castrol. That's cool. The little Casper the Ghost car. Um, John at John underscore Wu. Uh, John Woost, another good sh- uh, show fan favorite. Uh, he also said that one. He liked that one. We got at Storming B81, Brian Lawful. He had, he was at the race, which is kind of cool. He sent us a picture of the Chase Elliott car uh, from his phone. So that one's cool. Got to give him a shout out there. Uh, Paul Kemna at M240 underscore golf liked the Ryan Priest car as well. He also liked the Justin Allgaier and the Miguel Paludo Brant cars from the Xfinity series. Uh, let's see. Kenny actually did not go with Chase, although he did mention Chase, but he liked the Tyler Reddick, uh, you know, white, red, and yellow car. That was cool. That looked like sort of Michael Annette car. Um, so that was a good shout out there. Kenny. And I think that's all we got this week. So a lot of, a lot of good uh, input. Oh, our boy, Big Luke. Almost forgot Luke. Luke Big Luke. Big Luke. <laughs> same, same one as last week. He liked the uh, Nation Guards, Kyle Larson, as well as at Mike Racing 5. They both like the Nation Guards, Kyle Larson car. So a lot of good input this week. Thanks for uh, sending in those submissions. And keep on checking out the paint schemes with us. We'll do it every week. All right, let's get moving here. I know this has been a long episode, and we, and we got just a couple more things here to talk about. Um, we're going to go over to Dill for our social media snapshot of the week. Dill, what's going on social media that caught your eye this week? All right, thanks, Garrett. First of all, let me say follow us on all of our social channels. We're at Podcast Gas on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, that's right. Follow us everywhere. Uh, but this week, actually, a really cool story came out of Twitter with uh, Alvin Kamara and Ryan Vargas teaming up to sponsor Ryan Vargas's Xfinity uh, car for the race this weekend. It was sort of out of nowhere and pretty funny how it all happened. Ryan Vargas just tweeted this week. He's like, hey, guys, I don't normally do these tweets, but we have no primary sponsor this weekend. If anybody is looking to be interested, you know, contact us. And Alvin Kamara has been getting into NASCAR apparently since like the pandemic. He was at Homestead last year and he'd been tweeting about it all this week after Daytona. He'd just been kind of randomly getting into it, kind of like us just bored during the pandemic, which is funny. 
And someone uh, replied to Ryan Vargas's tweet, tweeted at Kamara and said like, Hey man, you don't have to be an owner, but you can at least sponsor it for one week. And Kamara in a tweet said he thought the price tag was going to be like a million dollars. He's like, I can never do this. He said when he heard the price tag for the how much it would be, he said, oh, hell yeah, let's go. And just he said it was a no brainer at the, that point. And so I'm wondering just how much did that price tag cost for it to be that easy? And it sounds a whole lot like how we got started on our first sponsorship. So it just needed something. We got in contact and getting into NASCAR during the pandemic. We started our podcast during the pandemic. Kamara might be a future sponsor here of the Gas and Go podcast. The The big squeezy. Sorry, I didn't even say what the sponsorship was. The big squeezy, which is Kamara's juice shop in New Orleans that he has, uh, was the primary sponsor. Great looking card, too. It's the second greatest Twitter-produced paint scheme in NASCAR history behind the gas-and-go deck lid of Joey Gase's car. Yeah, I mean, you're, talk- you're talking to five guys who know a little bit about, oh, hell yeah, let's go. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was really cool. And, I mean, Ryan Vargas now, right? Like, he's brought TikTok in. He's got Alvin Kamara into the sport officially, like, you know, in a paid situation. At the Xfinity level, this guy is young, and he's bringing in a lot of people. It's kind of cool to see all these young people still starting to develop like strong public, you know, appearances and relationships with not normal sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. If only uh, he could get some results with those sponsors. Might uh, have Ooh. a career going. <laughs> hey, don't come after the Rhino gang like that. Don't come after us. That was not a shot. That was just a simple observation. <laughs> yeah. And, and I invite Alvin Kamara to come join the big leagues in the cup series uh, with us. Uh, if he wants to, you know, get out of the Xfinity series, yeah. but if he's not ready, that's fine. Yeah, we know the price tag of a cup car sponsorship. I don't know what, you know, the, the pushing pennies down there in the Xfinity series, but <laughs> I got a number in my head that I think he paid that I'm probably way off on. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can talk about that later. All right. Well, that was a good social media snapshot there, Dale. I think I agree with you. That was probably the biggest story this week on the old Twitter internets. Um, all right, let's get into predictions before we close this thing out. Pick your winner for Homestead, our first mile and a half of the year. I just need a name. Please do not give me the reasons why. <laughs> Dave, let's go with you first. I got to justify it. I got to apologize in advance. I've got Kyle Bush winning. Four of the last six winners at Homestead were Toyotas. Two of those four were Kyle Bush. Dave's Kyle Bush till, till the end here. See, that, it's just a smart prediction. All right. Dale, who, who you got winning? I hate it, but I think the trend's going to continue where I'm getting a little further and everyone's getting a little closer. I think I got Kyle Larson winning this race. Wow, Kyle Larson returning to victory lane. Connor, who you got? PJs. Give me Danny Hamlin. Okay, Ryan? Tyler Reddick, the first Chevy win of the year. All right, I also got Denny Hamlin, so bummed Connor picked him, but I got to go with you on that one. All right, whoo, man. We made it to the end. That was that was a long episode, but a fun one. Uh, hope hope you stuck with us throughout the whole thing, um, boys. You might not have realized this, but we just wrapped up our twentieth episode. So thank you to everyone who has t- tuned in during the last twenty weeks. I guess twenty one weeks since we took one off. It's been a wild ride talking to some of the biggest names in NASCAR. Can't wait to see what the next twenty weeks bring us. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have a guest next week or not. So no announcement right now to be determined on that one. We've got some combos going, but schedules are tough these days with a lot of racing going on. So it might just be the five of us back talking racing, or we might drop an announcement on Twitter during the week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, as always, be on the lookout for the next $50 gift card giveaway. Um, we're going to do triple entry again for our listeners. 
And again, I'm just making this up on the fly and it's in my head. Just respond big squeezy uh, to the tweet. We'll, we'll see. We'll give you uh, three entries in there. If you want to put a picture of the, of the big squeezy car, you can do that too. Uh, but remember to keep listening. Holler at that five-star rating on Apple if you can. We'd be much obliged there. And once again, the Gas & Go podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters to for NASCAR merchandise since 1999, and home to automatic discounts on officially licensed NASCAR merchandise and free upgrades to expedited shipping. That's it, folks. Keep grinding. We'll keep grinding alongside with you, and we'll see you next week. Anybody else think it's a little odd that the same podcast that had Noah Gregson in the nine car for its ninth episode just happens to have its 20th episode when Christopher Bell takes the 20 car to victory lane? Oh, Dave's on to something here. I like where this is going. What about the other? Some good predictions and some odd occurrences here. Are we from the future? I think the stars are aligning for us, boys. Well, you have been talking a lot about. We've been talking a lot about Biff. You know, we could be the other Biff, Back to the Future Biff here with some (laughs) of these predictions. Hey, this this isn't the conversation you teed up. Look, I. When you said we, it was our 20th episode, and, and I, I saw that 20 car in Victory Lane, I, I could not talk about it. Yeah, but Dave, look to next week, 21 episodes, OKG adjacent, Maddie D. Ooh. Victory Lane. That brings. I could see Maddie D getting down on South Beach, John Wood. Well, I, I saw a fun Maddie D stat, our kind of stat on Reddit this week, actually. Maddie D has won a race in every single position, two through 40, but has never finished in the number one spot. There's 11 active drivers that have finished in all 40. Maddie D has done 39 and he needs to finish in number one. And I think Tyler Reddick has done 39 and he needs to finish in 40th to complete his, which is kind of funny. Tyler Reddick's barely run 40 races. How is that even possible? That must be all Maybe maybe it's not Tyler Reddick, but it's... Uh, you got to circle one on the counter to finish 40th in then. What about the guys that Austin Dillon, not Tyler Reddick. Austin Dillon, sorry. What about the guys that were around when there were 43 cars on the track? Extra credit or? <laughs> nope. <Yeah. laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> we're, we're done. We're running out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Tune in.